second month. This is episode five. Um, I am Agent M, editorial director of Marvel.com, Ryan Panagos, joined by... I am Ben Morris, associate editor of Marvel.com. Happy to be blazing into our second month here on This Week in Marvel, Agent M. This is pretty exciting. Nobody thought we would make it this far, but here no, we are. Nobody. We got a lot of flack from no one. Um, we're, uh, we are without Mark Strom, old Stromy this week, because... He didn't have a headset or a microphone or any equipment that we could do this in the office. So Ben and I are going back old school to recording this in our video room with uh, the video team's fancy recorder. It's been a, a, tr- a trying experience this week trying to figure out how to record this episode, but we're doing it. Strami, Strami basically showed up with two two cans and a string and was like, hey guys, is this going to work? And we said, no, Mark. He actually no, IM'd me while we were trying to set up and said... Hey, I'm talking. Can you hear me? And I said, no. I said, I probably need a microphone. Yeah. And I, he could see me because I had a, a camera on my computer, and he saw me visibly sigh. He, he typed that to me. So I'm sighing again at you, Strami, here. When you listen to this episode, you'll know that I'm, uh, I'm sighing at you. We didn't, we didn't hire him for his technical know-how. Speaking That's of hiring, sure. um, before we get into this week in Marvel, just uh, I am... We are saying goodbye to Harry Go, my associate producer for um, editorial on Marvel.com. Uh, but the job search has started. I've gotten, I don't know, 70 applicants in uh, 12 hours or, or 16 hours or so. Um, so we're looking for the new Harry Go. Hit me up on Twitter at agent underscore M uh, for more information and for the links and all that good stuff. Um, but let's get right into this week in Marvel. Uh, we're going to talk about the print comics on sale November 30th, 2011. Let's jump right in, talk comics, uh, what was on sale this week, what we enjoyed, what we read, and what you should be reading. Avengers Origins Thor, number one, wraps up our little Avengers Origins series for the time being. Uh, these were one-shots telling early tales of Avengers characters, and of course we concluded it with the God of Thunder. This is written by Catherine Eminen, with pencils by Al Barrio Nuevo. Uh, basically told the tale of Thor's younger years. Um, along with Loki, Sif, Odin, kind of how the hammer was forged, how he came to acquire the hammer. It's a it's a good kind of evergreen story for movie fans and comic fans because it really shows you how a, a lot of what happened in the Thor movie, if you enjoyed that, how it took place in comics lore. It's a lot of the same stuff. You know, why Thor was banished to Earth, the origins of the rivalry between Thor and Loki, how Sif plays into it, Odin's relationship with everything. It's cool. Catherine Eminem does a really good job of really welcoming you into the world of Thor, and this would be a great jumping on point, whether you want to check Thor out in Avengers, check him out in his own book. That's a very nice piece, and Al Nuevo does a very nice job on art, really good stuff with shading, and really takes to uh, depicting Asgard and stuff like that. I enjoyed this one. Is this, this is the end of the Origins this is the Let end me. of the announced Origins ones. Not to say they're they're on the shelf forever, but we had the the initial series of five, which was um, I'm not going to get the order right, but it was Ant Man and Wasp, then Vision, then Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, then Luke Cage, and now Thor. So those are the first five. Um, there's a movie coming out next year. That's a good selection yeah. of, of of stories, though, right. because it does leave us open if we do more. <clears throat> To hit some of the sure. characters. There are so many Avengers. And, you know, a cool thing for you guys might be hashtag This Week in Marvel and let us know who you would like to see in future Avengers Origins <laughs> installments because there are certainly a wealth of them. But all, all five of these one-shots are really cool. And if you're looking to get ready for the movie or just dive into Avengers, feel like the the book or the lore is too intimidating, this is a great place to start. And then you it's kind of your gateway to a lot of other cool stuff. Totally. Up next is a book that we both love. Ben, tell us about Daredevil number six. Daredevil number six concluded uh, the two-part story with written by Mark Wade with beautiful, beautiful art by Marcos Martin. I hated it so good. Yeah, I hated it. it so good. Ugh. Can't say enough about the art on this book. Um, Paulo Rivera, Paulo Rivera kicked it off. Marcos Martin <coughs> picked it up for two issues, and then we're going to be going back to Paulo with issue number seven. But you know the stuff Marcos Martin does with. Daredevil's powers, um, how his hypersenses work, and in this issue in particular, the fight scenes, because this is a big fight between Daredevil and a new villain named the Bruiser, I thought was really cool. Yeah. Uh, he has a great power that is so Mark Wade, um, <laughs> and that it's so, it's very 
cerebral, but you know it has great physical applications. Um, I don't want to spoil it for people haven't said that because because you don't find out till halfway through the book just what makes the Bruiser, who's basically like this just this strong, unstoppable, uh, yeah, this strong, unstoppable dude. Yeah. But he doesn't just have super strength. There's something very cool to him. He's also yeah. He's, he's all done up, and this is a Marcos Martin touch. He's all done up with like sponsors, like a race car driver. It's, it's so great. But all his sponsors are like Hydra and AIM. Anyways, this is a very, I mean, it's a beautiful book. Marcos Martin does a great job with the fights and everything else, but it's also a very important um, issue from a story perspective as basically, you know, Daredevil has been tracking down this conspiracy, helping out a, a, a new client of his as Matt Murdock, try to figure out why he lost his job at a big company. It seems like a pretty routine case, but in the process of investigating, uh, Daredevil stumbles across a, huge, across a huge conspiracy involving some of the names I just mentioned, Hydra, AIM, uh, a bunch of other big Marvel Universe organizations. And by the end of this issue, Daredevil comes into possession of a device um, that as, as both Mark Wade and Steve Wacker, the editor of the book, have said, is going to make him one of the most dangerous men in the Marvel Universe. Um, not the most dangerous man alive. That's the Black Panther. Um, although I guess they could they could fight it out for that. But it's a very cool story development. Daredevil is one of the just not even one of the best books. It's just one of the most well crafted books out on the market. And um, this is this is a big issue, and it's going to set up bigger things to come. If you're not reading it, you're crazy. I'm just saying that. Loco. Uh, up next, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, number three. Another great issue by Eric Schenauer and Scotty Young. Uh, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, how much I love the Oz series by Eric and Scotty. It's just incredible. Scotty just does such amazing things with um, with the characters and the environments and especially um, expressions and his the way he, he, he reaches out as a cartoonist and um, makes this world come alive is, is incredible. So um, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz number three is terrific. Pick that up. Also out this week, FF number 12, um, which is a big book tied into the whole 50th anniversary of the Fantastic Four. Uh, last week we had Fantastic Four number 600, which was huge, huge, big, huge. Um, everybody, I'm sure, read that. And so I'm going to spoil what happened in that because it's all over. Um, it was all over the news. Johnny Storm is back. Human Torch, back in action. One and only. Um, but there's some, some other cool stuff that happened with them. Um, that you'll have to read at Fantastic Four 600. But FF12 takes the characters of the Future Foundation, mostly the kids, plus Dragon Man, who is just one of my favorite characters, especially because he's a big dragon robot. Um, It takes them to a completely different location, and they were dealing with some stuff with um, the Negative Zone, and then they, they go running to Uncle Victor, um, Valeria and Franklin's Victor uncle, Victor Von Doom. And it's super fun, and there's lots of crazy stuff, and there's really scary heroes and villains, and a, it's just a terrific yeah. issue. I think a lot of people were wondering, now that Fantastic Four is back, what was going to happen to FF, because <clears throat> it's not going away. And this issue really gives a, a perfect example. Number one, it's got new artist Juan Babilo, who uh, does some great stuff. He, he really draws I love the way well. he draws kids. Yeah, he and, draws kids uh, so well. Yeah. Um, but it's it's this this is a glimpse of kind of what this book's going to become. Jonathan Hickman clearly has a lot of ideas left that can't be confined to just writing about the classic Fantastic Four. So this is you know this huge cast he set up that includes you know Franklin and Valeria. It includes Alex Power, Dragon Man, who I also love because again, like you said, it's he looks like this crazy monster, and the fact that he's a robot is absurd in the best possible way. Um, but all those other characters. The Leech, evil kid? Yeah, Bentley. Bentley. Uh, Love Bentley. Leech, Artie, those Moloids, the Atlantean kids. Um, like you said, Dr. Doom's in there. Kristoff, Dr. Doom's ward's <laughs> in there. Uh, Nathaniel Richards, Reed Richards' dad is in there. The Reed Richards from another dimension is there. There's dozens of characters uh, who have kind of become a part of this Jonathan Hickman, Fantastic Four, Future Foundation world over the past couple of years. So it's actually very cool that there are now two books um, that focus on all of them. But, you know, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that he's been setting up in the background is still going to keep unfolding in FF. So it's a very important series. It's still a very good series. Yeah, totally. Love it. And um, I get a special tingle when I see the alternate Reed Richards wearing the Infinity oh, Gauntlet. God. And just 
something's going to happen with that. I, I'm not saying that with knowledge that something will happen, but I just feel it in my comic reader bones that something's going to happen with that. In Ghost Rider number six, uh, it's by Rob Williams, the regular writer, but it's a guest art issue uh, by Delabor Telegique. Uh, one of our favorites from Five Ronin. Yeah, uh, it's a standalone issue. Uh, it's basically it's basically just a horror story, um, which you know is great for Ghost Rider. But it's it's the new Ghost Rider, Alejandra, coming across a town in the middle of nowhere with a group of residents who they're all murderers. Um, and I don't want to go much further because the fun of the story is finding out you know what what's going on, what this town's about. But it's 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 very harkening back to you know old school horror comics or just when you watch a B-horror movie on like a Saturday afternoon or something like that. It's just this creepy situation. It's almost like an episode of The Twilight Zone or something. She yeah. shows up in this town where everyone's a killer. No one's aged for years. Um, she can't access Ghost Rider right away. And, you know, I, I, I like what Rob's doing here. It really is taking like Ghost Rider and making her almost like the narrator of this weird anthology horror story because the last issue was standalone as well. But this is a really creepy issue. Um, if you're into that sort of thing, then you should you should, you should get on down. And also, the, the art's great by Mr. Talajik. Talajik. Mr. Dalibor Talajik. Fun name to say. Um, meanwhile, End of an Era, Herc number 10 by Fred Van Lente and Greg Pock with art by David Hahn. It's the final issue of Herc. Um, more than that, it's the final, basically the finale to, I guess it's been almost two or three years. Three years? 2008 was... It was the end. Uh, it was in World War Hulk. Right. When was that? Was that even further back? I think so. They've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Greg Pak and Fred Van Lente have been writing Hercules for quite a few years. Which is huge in and of itself that Hercules has been ongoing for right. so long. It's great. It's been Hercules great Hercules was not, you know, seen as the most viable <laughs> character. He's always been a fun Avenger, stuff like that. Never thought of carrying his own series. But now he, you know... This impressive run that Hercules has had in many incarnations, you know, filling in for the Hulk, teamed with Amadeus Cho, the God stuff, and then basically his his most recent run as the hero of Brooklyn comes to an end here, and a really fun story that kind of sums up the spirit of Pac and Van Lente's run. Uh, it's an adventure story where Herc, um, I want to say teams up with, because he kind of comes into conflict with Elektra, but he's also got by his side his dad, Zeus, who has become a mortal, um, not immortal, not immortal, but immortal, immortal. immortal. Uh, he's hilarious. He's basically <laughs> this guy who has always been the king of the gods, had crazy power, you know, been able to do whatever he wants. And now he's this like out of shape, middle aged loser who is harping on Hercules for all the things he's doing wrong, but he's terrified of everything. There's a scene where he steals chocolate from a kid because he's hungry. <laughs> he's just miserable. But basically, Herc and Zeus uh, meet up with Electra at the behest of the kingpin. Um, there's something involving the, the Russian witch Baba Yaga. Um, there's a lot of crazy elements, but that's basically what Pac and Van Lente's Hercules story has always been about. It's been about fun. It's been about bringing different elements from across mythology in the Marvel Universe. So if you've ever enjoyed a Hercules story over the last few years, you owe it to yourself to check out the final chapter, Herc number 10. Uh, certainly the character's not gone in the Marvel Universe. Unless he dies in this issue, which I'm not spoiling. What? He doesn't die in this issue. I'm no. sorry. Uh, Her- <laughs> Hercules isn't gone. Fred Van Lente and Greg Pak may not be done with him. I actually spoke to Fred Van Lente and Greg Pak at New York Comic Con. They said the uh, the one Hercules stories they've never gotten to do is a Hercules, Ares, Jane Austen crossover. Actual Jane Austen. They what? go back to it's it's set in the time of Jane Austen. And it's Hercules and Ares vying for a for a date with Jane Austen. Interesting. Uh, you know, it'd be a nice little tie-in to to our Pride and Prejudice and Emma and all that. But yeah. anyways, there are still stories to tell. But this is a this is a end point of sorts. So if you've enjoyed the book, you know, pay Fred and Greg back by picking up this last issue, and and you'll be rewarded. Yes. Uh, Red Skull number five. Another finale, uh, the Red Skull Incarnate series, also by Greg Pak, with art by Mirko Kolak, comes to an end. Um, basically, in issue number four, Johann Schmidt, the, the guy who we know is going to become the Red Skull, said he was going to kill Hitler. So, issue number five is about him trying to kill Hitler. Uh, it ties up all the historical and character elements from the first four issues of the series. You know, beautiful art by Mirko. And, you know, a really powerful emotional story. 
Um, one of my favorite books in recent years was the Magneto Testament book, oh, yeah. also by Greg Bach. And this is, of course, the in some ways, the spiritual bookend to that. That was that was the story of, you know, young Max Eisenhart, kind of surviving through Nazi Germany. This is the story of Johann Smith ascending through Nazi Germany. Um, there are a lot of twists in this story. There's a lot of emotional hooks. It's it's a really it's a heavy issue. Um, this is not for you know if you're looking for lighthearted fare, let me refer you back to Herc. If you're looking for something <laughs> a little a little stronger, uh, Red Skull is your book. It's it's it packs a punch. It's a very potent ending. Totally. Uh, up next, Thunderbolts number one sixty six. This uh, this is the continuation of Jeff Parker's run where the the rogue Thunderbolts are traveling around time. They're really just trying to get back to the modern day, um, but they are now in the late nineteenth century. They were previously in World War Two. Um, they I guess totally messed up and went back in time, further back in time to the nineteenth century. They are in England. And uh, half, 80% of the team is trying to track down the other 20% of the team, give or take some percentages. Yeah, good math. Though. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a math, I was a mathlete um, <laughs> back in the day. Uh, but they, uh, there's some, some really gruesome stuff going on in this book, but it also has its moments of levity and some, some cool um, tech going on. Jeff Parker has a great handle on all these characters, um, even some that I really wasn't familiar with before they started getting some prominence in this run. There's the uh, the science dude. Centurius. Centurius. I always mess up his name. No, he's he's actually my breakout guy here, too. I have, I confess I know a lot about Marvel, and I have no idea who this guy is. Yeah. I went back and looked him up a little. I can't even remember what I found. <laughs> uh, Jeff Parker really makes him shine. He's super fun, especially when he's back in time, because he's a science guy, yeah. and it sucks for a science guy to be back in the 19th century. In England, no yeah. less. And he has a good relationship with Troll, who's a character that uh, they sort of created for this run. She's terrific. Um, but there's, there's some stuff going on. Late 19th century London, uh, if you're familiar with some history, you'll know that there's some gruesome, gruesome stuff going on. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. This book is terrific. And then you've got the current day Thunderbolts with Luke Cage and Valkyrie and uh, Songbird trying... Songbird? Yeah, I was thinking Mockingbird, but that's not Mockingbird. No, Mockingbird's off um, with Jim McCann in yeah. L.A. Yeah, in L.A. Um, they, the modern-day Thunderbolts, are trying to get to the Thunderbolts in the past through some mystical Asgardian who's and what's it. So um, I think it's really cool. And Declan Shalvey's art is, I was reading it this morning, I was like, wow, he's really cool. There's this one page where you've got Moonstone and her sort of, the way he lays out the page using Moonstone it's just terrific. Um, I love that. So definitely check out that book. History and math in that lesson there. That's how I do. Yeah, really renaissance, man. I am. Um, Ultimate Comics, Ultimates number four by Jonathan Hickman and Asad Ribic continues the initial arc on this book. Uh, this is kind of a Thor storming the castle type of deal. Uh, he goes after the people who destroyed Asgard. Um, we learn a little bit more about who the villains are in this Uh the person who is the main villain, it's, 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 a big, it's a big deal. It's someone you know if you've been following the Ultimate Universe. Uh, it's going to have major shockwaves throughout the Ultimate Universe, throughout Ultimates, throughout presumably other books. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I love what Jonathan Hickman's doing here, just kind of like building, building the world. Uh, not just the Ultimate Universe, but introducing a bunch of new characters, um, introducing a bunch of new concepts, tech all sorts of stuff. Asad Riddick is a perfect uh, artistic choice because he, you know, is, is so creative and that sort of thing. He loves playing with these building blocks. And this is a big issue for Thor. Um, if you remember, Jonathan Hickman did the Ultimate Thor limited series. Um, he touches back on a bunch of stuff here and it basically kind of, you know, Thor at this point has lost everything. He's lost Asgard. He's lost his powers to some degree. He's basically using uh, outdated piece of armor that Tony Stark made for him and he goes against his impossible enemy but he gets something out of the deal and Thor gets kind of a new status quo moving forward also in this issue get the return of Ultimate Captain Britain um, <laughs> who's not Brian Braddock in this reality it's Jamie Braddock crazy yeah. uh, when I think of Jamie Braddock I think of when we were kids in the 90s 
with Jamie, that whole saga during yeah. in Uncanny X Men with Jamie Braddock yep. warping reality, yep. being super duper crazy. He's yeah, he's nuts in the Marvel universe. We don't really know what his deal is yeah. in the Ultimate Universe now. I remember when when I think of Jamie Braddock when I was a kid, I just remember from the X Men trading cards. <laughs> they had they all had you know they all had their own trading cards. For some reason, Jamie Braddock's was him in this weird almost like yoga pose. He's just wearing like underwear. He's oh, like he's a, super yeah. crazy. Yeah, he's like all, twisted. His, his arms, his legs, yeah. all twisted. And he has like a piece of like pink lint that of he's holding. Of course he does. It's so bizarre. And that is my last. And he has a crazy mustache. Yeah. Anyways, love that guy. I digress. If uh, if Ultimate Jamie Braddock is anywhere near as nuts as normal Jamie Braddock, it's gonna be cool. But Ultimate Kong's Ultimate is a great book. I love everything about it, and it reminds me of like that very early start to the Ultimate Universe, where yeah. it, it just cin- very cinematic. Very big, um, sort of establishing this world that's similar to the Marvel Universe, but then throwing stuff in it that completely takes concepts and ideas and characters and just twisting them all around. It's fantastic. That Ultimate Comics Ultimates is one of my favorite books. Yeah, and again, that villain reveal is... Gigantic. Yeah. One of my, one of my, I, I think this has potential. Is it a reveal? I thought it, we, maybe I just knew it and. I think we knew it. I think we knew this it. This is the official Yeah, this is like. Reveal. That's why I'm being cagey because yeah. I, because I knew it when I turned the page and I, and I kind of felt like I knew it. Um, it's hard for us to remember yeah. whether or not we've been told this or it's we've definitely, read it in the It's books. definitely played as a reveal in the issue, yeah. so I'm going to assume at least somebody out there yeah. didn't know. I bet Strami didn't know. Strami doesn't know anything. No, he doesn't. Strami, doesn't you know, know some stuff. Strami doesn't even know how to use a microphone. Ugh, let's not get sorry, started. I didn't mean to bring it up. Yeah. Um, Uncanny X-Men number oh, two. Oh, this is mine. Yeah. Yeah, Uncanny X-Men number two. You've got... Um, What's the name of this story? Is it Planet Sinister or Man? I don't. I, I don't know if it, the I, arc has a name. I feel like they should. Nick, you, Nick, Nick Lowe's next door. The ex office yeah. is next door. He probably can't hear me, but I'm gonna. I should call his Planet Sinister. I, That's for free. You can have that. I think, I think I heard them go out to lunch. So Whatever. That was you know. Maybe Jordan's there. Somebody's manning the fort. Yeah. Um, but this uh, this arc, the Regenesis arc for Uncanny X Men, has uh, Scott's team, which is Scott Namor. Emma Frost, um, Hope, Hope, Danger, Danger, Colossus, Colossus, Magic, Magic, Juggernaut, Colossus, Juggernaut, Jerry say Magneto, Magneto has all them. Storm, Storm has all of them, which is like the heaviest of heavy hitters. It's right. a great team going um, up against Sinister. Sinister's back, and he's kind of more sinister than ever. See what I did yes. there? Yes, yeah. yes, uh, well done. He is put. He, his consciousness into all these people he's spread it around so you can kill one body but that doesn't kill sinister he's sort of spread around and he's using the dreaming celestial which i think is a great way to bring that whole storyline that um started with the eternals and what was going on is played into x-men stuff over the last couple years a little bit really bring it back into the fold and then you you get this oh god the sentinel the the celestials are coming so it's big. It's really cool story. The art is gorgeous. You've got Carlos Pacheco and a couple other artists on the book. <coughs> it's a it's it's a gorgeous book. It's really cool. I love what Karen Gillan's doing yeah. with this. And you know the thing I like about it, one of the things I like about this is you know Sinister for years has been kind of a <clears throat> he's been a great character, <coughs> but he's been a woman. He's been a woman. Uh, he's been he's had long hair. He's done all sorts of stuff, but you know, dating back, he was always he was always very mysterious. Didn't know what was going on. It was he, he kind of came out of that era of X Men and comics in general, where villains didn't really need to have a clear purpose. The whole point was they needed to be as mysterious as possible. You didn't know what was going on with them, which was cool. But at some point, you want to know about them. Kieran Gillen, you know, in these couple issues and here especially, he basically like kind of unravels Sinister, and Sinister is very different in this story than he has been in the past. You know, in the past, he's a man of few words. He's, you know, he, he's creepy. He kind of just stays in the background. In this, he's like, he's he's, he's very British, number one, which I know Kieran told me in New York, he, he's like, this, this is going to be the most British sinister you've he ever is. seen. He is. I mean, he is legitimately British, but yeah. he actually acts yeah. for just in terms of, like, his, his language and everything else. But he's very talkative. Yeah. He's very, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is what's going on. And he kind of explains why that is why he's gone from one incarnation to the other. It's not just, oh, the character's different now. There is an explanation, and it doesn't just explain this. It explains kind of the whole 
story, you know, involving the Summers family, the Gray family, everything else. It, it, it really, you know, it tells you this, this is what's been going on with Sinister for the past 20 years, our time. Yeah. And it's cool. He, uh, Karen really digs this character, and, and I like what he's doing with him. One request for Karen to explain uh, Sinister's old costume with the long thigh-high boots right. and the cape. Yeah. How did the cape work? Because it was just strips, but they went up and then back. And that cape was always something that blew me away. Well, I always thought my take on Sinister back in the day was, because he had some sort of like shape-shifting ability. Because sure. I remember they would shoot him with energy, and he just kind of like, you know, yeah. there'd be like a hole in him, or he'd grow yeah. back. I remember that from the cartoon as well. I always just thought the costume is just, it's him. He's not wearing a costume. That always freaks me out yeah. when characters turn their bodies into yeah. the costumes. It's They're crazy. just naked. They're just put their like, you know, naughty bits in different right. places and you can't see them. Yeah, it was like the same thing with Mystique or any of those characters. Yeah. But I've, yeah, I always felt like, yeah, I was the same way with you. I was like, physically there is no way this cape can work. The only way it's working because that's like, those cape, those are like basically extra limbs and he's just willing them. It's like he's bending his elbows. So gross. It's really gross. I love it. Um, and you know, now he dresses like a proper gentleman. He dresses like Kieran Gillen. Um, no, he doesn't. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah, no, he totally does. That's what <laughs> Kieran Gillen dresses like. If you've never seen Kieran Gillen, uh, pick up on Candy X Men number two and look at Sinister. I already said on Twitter earlier this week that uh, the way Kieran Gillen speaks is if you ever read Pixie's lines in an X Men book, <laughs> that's how he speaks. Um, so is Kieran Welsh? No. Oh. No, not wait, at all. What? That's what I said. <laughs> that's what I said. That's how. That's how he speaks exactly like him. So I'm giving people, you know, a portrait of Kieran Gillen. Kieran, next time you come to Marvel headquarters, please punch Ben. You won't because he's you're so too nice, nice and you're He's proper. so nice. He never will. He speaks yeah. like Pixie. He dresses like Sinister. Next. Anyways, Wolverine number 19. Um, you know, every time we brought up Wolverine on the show, we've, we've kind of said how up till this point, Jason's Aaron, Jason Aaron's run was wonderful but just emotionally devastating. Um, and we've said, you know, this story, he's been doing with Ron Garney the last few issues that concludes here in issue number 19. It's super fun. Oh, I did read this. Yeah. It's, oh, it's yeah, terrific. No, no, you did because it's starting... The story opens in Westchester at Harry's Hideaway. I'm just going to go ahead and give this away. Yes! I haven't seen Harry's Hideaway in years. That's for, for newer listeners. Harry's Hideaway is the tavern where the X-Men, you know, dating all the way back to the original X-Men, go for food. You know, eventually when they got older, they went there to drink. All sorts of stuff. And, you know, there's classic during the Claremont run, during everything. It also plays a role in the greatest story of, in, in all of comics. Gets destroyed. Executioner song. Gets destroyed in Executioner and song. And rebuilt afterwards. Rebuilt in the epilogue issue by, uh, it's Beast and Archangel. Yeah. Right? They rebuild Harry's yeah. Hideaway. Anyways, Harry's Hideaway has been missing for years from the X-Men mythology, of course, because they've been in California. Yep. This issue opens with basically Harry uh. of Harry's Hideaway and the people who work for him. Closing, devastating, closing the tavern because they have no business anymore. Because apparently the X Men were their only customers. Um, so I, I went to school in an area of Westchester that yeah. is exa- that is exactly like where they where the the Xavier School was, and I know exactly how that would affect yeah. that school not the being school closed. Was, yeah. Done. Yeah. So basically, Harry's closing up, and they're kind of getting done. They're like, ah, well, you know, we gave it our best shot. This sucks. We had some great times here. I didn't know where Wolverine pops out of the ground, you know, half naked um, from whatever the hell adventure he was just on. And Harry's like, Wolverine? He's like, yeah, Harry, start my tab. And Harry's just like, we're back open, guys. We're going to be set. Like, we're going we're, we're gonna to be good for months just because Wolverine opened his tab again. It's such a great moment. But then the rest of the issue is the story of how, you know, when we last left Wolverine, him, Fat Cobra, and Gorilla Man were... Um, inside a group of dragons. They had let themselves be eaten by dragons so they could infiltrate the Jade Claw from Agents of Atlas's stronghold to uh, basically stop her nefarious doings, save Wolverine's little little buddy, uh, find out what's going on with Wolverine's old master. So this is just, this is the story from point ridiculous point A to ridiculous point B, how they get there, super fun, lots of martial arts battles, Fat Cobra gets amazing lines. Uh, the dialogue in this is fantastic. It's hilarious. But also, it's these crazy, brutal fights. Ron Garney's great at drawing them. Wolverine fights this guy who's able to punch you in the soul. Uh, and the way he beats him is awesome. Yeah. And actually calls back to, like, the last few years it, of his it's, life. Uh, it's brilliant. This is, this, is, this, is, this is an issue worth reading. This whole story was worth reading. This, this is just, such a great 
diversion from the normal Wolverine stuff. Probably one of my top three Wolverine stories ever. Hey, Wolverine is a character everyone loves, but when you when you really pin them down and you say, what do you love about Wolverine? What about Wolverine is so great? You, you sort of start, you have to really investigate it a little bit, why you like Wolverine. Like, as a kid, I liked Wolverine because he cut people and yeah. he was, you know, like, rah, he's tough. But... There weren't a lot of things about Wolverine that I could latch on to. He's not like Cable, who I I sort of, I just love for a bunch of different reasons, or Deadpool or whatever. But especially Jason Aaron's run and things he's done with Wolverine, and particularly with this story, it's really like established why I love Wolverine, what makes the character great, what makes his, his universe and the, the things that he does and what he gets involved in so terrific. Right. He doesn't just, you know... Jason Aaron Wolverine stories are not. I mean, he gets in fights, he uses his claws, he does all that stuff. But it's not just that. You're right. Like yeah. there's there's heart underneath. He's really going a long way to not not restore the character Wolverine, but to you know get back to this is a character. This is not just a dude who guest stars in you know eight books a month. Yeah. There's more to him, and it's very cool. It's a great story. You're absolutely right. Um, finishing us off this week. You know, this is I'm noticing this this theme of kind of end of an era issues this week because. X-Men Legacy number 259 is not Mike Carey's final issue on the book, but it's his second to last. Basically, starts his last story. Mike Carey's been writing... His last uh, story's only two issues? Yeah. What a ripoff. Well... Mike could write, like, 900 issues. He could. He has. <laughs> I love Mike. He's been Mike. writing X-Men for about six years. I know. So this is basically, you know, his send-off. Uh, he finally, after after his after Space story, finally brought the X-Men, his X-Men, you know, Rogue, Gambit, Magneto, Havoc, Polaris, Frenzy... Corvus, um, love Corvus. Back to Earth, and this story illustrated by Koi Fan is a Regenesis tie-in. Um, it's answering the question of where are these characters going to go in the wake of Schism. If you've read the Regenesis one shot, which was like a month ago, you already know where they ultimately end up. Yeah. It's not a surprise, but this is the story of how they got to this. Decision. Yeah, this is the emotional retelling telling of the story. Exactly, you know the facts, but here is you know you got like a panel in Regenesis saying where each of these people are going. This is. Mike Carey, you know, saying goodbye to these characters, and it's his final chance to kind of, you know, have his say on Rogue in particular, who, you know, he's been writing since he started on X-Men, loves Rogue, but also, you know, Magneto on Gambit, on Frenzy, who, yeah, you love Gambit, Um, Frenzy, who no one... She's so great. Yeah, who no one wrote more than two dialogues about until Mike Carey came along, but, you know, there's one final adventure... Uh, there's one final mystery to be unraveled that has to do with the return from space, has to do with the Phoenix, has to do with some other stuff. But really, this is more, you know, Mike Carey having his final say on these characters, having Rogue explain what she's learned <coughs> in the last few years, touching our relationships with Magneto and uh, Gambit, uh, what they all mean to each other, what frenzy is going to be moving forward. Uh, also, some great stuff with Havoc and Polaris, you know, where are they going from here with Marvel Girl, Rachel, um, what, what she's experienced. Corvus gets a couple of lines. I'm sure we'll get more from Corvus next <laughs> He's got that issue. giant sword. He it's doesn't need giant, anything else. That giant cloud striped yeah, sword. Giant anime sword. But uh, this is, you know, this is Mike Carey who's done a fantastic job on X-Men uh, getting to say goodbye. So we will miss him, but we're glad we get one last great story out of him. Totally. Uh, so those are the books on sale this week. Um, as far as day and date digital releases for all those books, um, if you have uh, the Marvel app, you can get Dorothy and the Wizard in Oz number three, FF number twelve, Ultimate Comics Ultimates number four, Uncanny X Men number two, Wolverine number nineteen, and X Men Legacy number two fifty nine. All available the same day <coughs> on the Marvel app and in print. Um, notes there's the uh, Ultimate books and the X Men book. X Men books are always now day, same day digital and uh, print and then as of april 2012 all our just about all our books will be available we also had some collections on sale this week in addition to our individual comics uh the astonishing x-men monstrous hardcover came out i believe that is covering the uh daniel way story arc does it have the christo stuff in it as well i believe it has both um so you get we don't have those in front of us we don't have them in front of us but (laughs) You you get you get that Daniel Way story taking place in Japan and the Christos Gage uh, <coughs> sword story all in one. Deadpool Core Volume Two. You say you want a revolution, second arc of Deadpool Core, where they basically take over a planet, and then uh, what happens coming out of that? <laughs> uh, 
Deadpool, can I say this? On the Just air? say it. All Just right. go. The Deadpool Max balls out premiere hardcover. Ew! So Deadpool Max, one of Agent M's favorite titles. It's great. Coming a hardcover. Uh, Halo Fall of the Reach Covenant hardcover. Really good. Great yeah. stuff. Uh, Brian Reed, who wrote the book, is now actually working on working with uh, 343 Industries, who are the current creators of the Halo games going forward. Um, Brian knows these characters, this world, this stuff so well. It's it's really cool to watch it come together. Right. And we're going to have more on Halo on Marvel.com tomorrow, so stay tuned for we that. We will? Yes, we will. That's awesome. Yes, we will. Um, and then, finally, Supreme Power, Gods and Soldiers, trade paperback. That is, of course, Supreme Power, uh, the J. Michael Straczynski, Gary Frank book of a few years back that was quite awesome. We're re-releasing that. So if you didn't get it the first time around, you can take a look now. I'll have that in, like, four different versions now. Yep. <laughs> All right, so we've touched on the print comics on sale, the same-day digital and print, the collections on sale. Let's look at the digital comics released on the app this week. Ben, why don't you start us off? Sure. Uh, we have got a whole run of the most recent Cable series uh, from 2008 by Dwayne Swarzynski. Um, issues 11 through 20 of that are out now. Um, and also, we just talked about Dorothy and the Wizard Nas. Um, issue number three came out this week. You can get the first two issues of that on the app. And also, um, the most recent, before the most recent Ghost Rider series, so the Jason Aaron stuff we've been talking about for weeks, uh, is also coming. It, it's come. It, it, it is on. That is the it first is Jason the Aaron book, I think. I believe this Maybe. is the first Jason Aaron arc, we think. Uh, issues number 20 through 25, so... Watch what he does with the Ghost Riders. Yeah, really great stuff. Uh, there's Marvel Holiday Special number two. I don't know if this one's free. This is a new Marvel Holiday book. Right. Last week, I believe we had <coughs> a Marvel Holiday issue that was on sale. It's set in the um, the Jean Grey School. Right. Um, it's really cool. It's a it's a one off story. It's short, but it's it's really cool. Wolverine teaches the kids about hockey. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the cool thing about this this year's Marvel Holiday Special, and there's still two more issues to come, is it's all by new creators for the most part. Awesome. Guys who have just been discovered. And next week we're actually going to be speaking with each of them. Um, one a day we'll have a different. You know, the the first two issues will be covered Monday and Tuesday. We're taking a break Wednesday because because we're doing something else. Um, and then Thursday and Friday we'll get back to them. So we'll be speaking to. All of the guys working on the Marvel Holiday Special. <laughs> um, great. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Punisher and the Blood one through four, one through five out this week. Uh, it's the the whole book. The whole book. The previous storyline that sets up the Punisher sort right. of it finishes up everything Rick Remender was yeah, working it's Rick on. Rick Remender's final Punisher story <coughs> features yep. Jigsaw, features oh. his son. It's a pretty it's a pretty badass yeah. uh, badass book. Uh, Red Skull number five, talked about earlier, is also going to be on the app. Um, and the first five issues of Secret Avengers. Boom. Um, so Ed Brubaker and Mike, Di Mike Diodato hopping on that. That was their Mission to Mars story. It also has the Shang-Chi stuff as well. Has some Nova in there. Yep. Love has, that. Uh, has Nova joining the Avengers um, and then basically telling them, hey, I'm too busy to stay on your team because that's, that's how he rolls. Uh, that worked out great. Yeah, it worked him. out real well worked for him. Worked out great for him. Nice, nice, Stupid. Nice move, Rich. Uh, <laughs> we have the entire Steve Rogers Super Soldier series by Mr. Ed Brubaker and Dale Eaglesham. Dale Eaglesham. Fighting the Machine Smith. Mm -hmm. Cool mm, stuff. Machine Smith. Mm, tasty. Delicious. Uh, Uncanny X-Men. We have a, uh, another run of those issues, 508 through 512. Good stuff there. Vengeance number five. That's uh, Joe Casey. <coughs> Sorry, guys, I've been sick all week, so <coughs> my throat's going. Um, Vengeance number five, and Wolverine Origins number 41 through 45. Wrapping, wrapping that series to a close, because it ended with issue 50. So we're <coughs> all right, will you, will you take a drink? Yeah. Let me talk about the, uh, <clears throat> of course, now I have to clear my throat. The collections released on the app today, um, the December 1st. Uh, so these are, these are now full collections you can get on the Marvel Comics app. Uh, we had Dark Avengers Volume 2, Molecule Man, uh, Dark Rain, Deadpool, Thunderbolts. That was an awesome crossover between those two books. Eternals by Neil Gaiman. Uh, that's a classic. You guys love Neil Gaiman. I know. I'm on the internet all, the, all day long. Everybody loves Neil Gaiman. Buy this. Hulk Volume 2, Red and Green. So this is basically uh, Jeff Loeb's Hulk series with... Um, these, these are the, I think this is when they split and they told the stories with the Red Hulk and the Green Hulk. Yeah. He had Art Adams on one and Frank Cho on the other. 
So that was pretty good cool. stuff. A lot of cool guest stars. Thor and Loki Blood Brothers, which was originally the Loki series by Rob Roddy and Asad Riddick, has since been adapted by Marvel Knights Animation. So we're re-releasing it to tie in with that. Um, for more on the animated show, you should check out Marvel.com. And finally, X-23 Innocence Lost, which was the first X-23 limited series by Kirk Kyle, Chris Yost, Billy Tan. Uh, basically tells the origin of X-23. Find out where she came from and where she's at today. That's a really good bunch of books. Yeah, very cool. solid. <coughs> All right, so um, in addition to the app... <coughs> Darn it. Why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you let me take over <coughs> for a little while? You just you just recuperate. Um, this is normally... I mean, what, what, what's basically happened here is normally we have three people, so Strami would carry a third of this load, but because he was not here, uh, Agent M is being strained beyond beyond his health. He just found a cough drop, so we're going to hope that helps. But... In the meantime, I'm going to let you know what was released, freshly digitized, so what's on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, um, what came out this past week, and what's coming out tomorrow. On Monday, Spider-Man Monday, we put out Heroic Age Villains number one, Marvel Adventures Superheroes number eight, featuring The Vision, uh, Classic Web of Spider-Man issue number 126, and the two issues of Women of Marvel that came out last year. On Iron Man Tuesday, we released the first two issues of Iron Man Rapture, which is a really cool under-the-radar limited series that came out last year. I encourage you to check that out. Um, the second issue of Iron Man Thor by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. Uh, the sixth issue of the new New Avengers series, wrapping up that initial arc by Brian Michael Mendes and Stuart Immonen. And another classic Web of Spider-Man issue number 127. On Wednesday... Uh, we continued on again with Web of Spider-Man, so you got number 128. Keep that going. Wolverine, the best there is, number one. One of our favorites here on This Week in Marvel. So check out why we love that book. Um, X-23, number three from our ongoing series. Issue number 211 of X-Factor. And then the current volume of X-Men. Objectivist, not objectivist, adjectivist <laughs> X-Men. Uh, number five, which was wrapping up the... Curse of the Mutants Vampire Arc. Cool. Um, and just today, new to the new to the MDCU, we released uh, two classic 1960s issues of Captain Marvel, uh, number 34, and number 53, featuring the original Captain Marvel. Mark random Bell. issues. Yeah, I wonder why they random. chose those. Uh, I'm sure there's a reason. You should go check out why. Um, the first two issues of the Thunderstrike Limited series, edited by Tom Brennan. Um, Surprisingly, I, I love that a lot. I don't, wasn't a huge Thunderstrike right. fan in the '90s, but I like this book. I'm a lot. always surprised when I enjoy a Tom Brennan edited book. But it was, it was by the, it was by the team of Tom DeFalco and Round Friends. Yeah. Good guys, very talented folks. And Web of Spider-Man number one twenty-nine. So you get four issues of Web of Spider-Man. Give you a quick preview of what's coming up tomorrow on Friday, December second. You can get uh, the contest two numbers three through five. Hulk 27 and Hulk 28. I interjected there a little bit because there's a name change in the book. and that, uh, We know whose fault that is. <laughs> John D. Yeah. You guys thought he, uh, our intern extraordinaire, John Tancredi, didn't make any mistakes. But he probably didn't. It just wasn't noted where he got this information from. Right. Which but is interesting were... because it is actually it actually says <coughs> the contest on Marvel.com. I it does. Because I've, I, I don't know where he got that information. Yeah. Anyways. He's, he's a nightmare. Yeah. He's almost um, done. Games and movies in store this week. There's, um, we don't have it on here because Jaunty didn't have that information. Again, he failed us. Wow, back but, to back. But uh, this week, the Marvel pinball tables were released for mobile devices. So if you download Zen Pinball on iOS or Zen Pinball THD for Tegra powered Android devices, you can uh, download two Marvel tables. There are uh, there's a Wolverine table, a Fantastic Four table, and a Captain America table. I believe Wolverine is available for both versions, but Fantastic Four is only Android, Captain America is only iOS. Um, so that's out this week. The Zen Pinball app is free, but you'll have to pay uh, in-app purchases for the tables them for the Marvel tables. But I think it's worth it. Marvel Pinball is super duper fun. I think we've talked about this a bunch of times. Um, this is not the end of Marvel Pinball news. There's more coming up soon, but. It's um, it's it's a fun game, and I, I actually have to download it. I just I downloaded the actual app, but I haven't gotten the Marvel tables just yet. Um, so what's on TV this week, Ben? Why don't you start us off? Well, Ryan, on TV this week we of course have the Superhero Squad show, which airs every day at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Cartoon Network. 
Um, hopefully you've been watching all week, but we've got two more episodes coming up this week. Well, you probably missed today's, which is on here, um, but it was, it was alienating with the surfer. But tomorrow, Blind Rage Knows No Color will be airing on Friday, 7 a.m. on Cartoon Network. Um, and then also tomorrow at 11 p.m. Eastern Time on G4, we have the X-Men anime, the seventh episode, which our good friend Stromi was kind enough to provide a synopsis of. Uh, this episode is called Betrayal. Um, the X-Men are stuck in Japan after their Blackbird crashed. Not good news. So you're going to get to meet two members of the Hellfire Club's inner circle. Uh, brand new characters created for the anime. You're going to find out a secret from Professor X's past and how that could affect the X-Men on their current mission. So some big character stuff happening on X-Men anime this week. I like how you worked around Stromy's text and, and yeah. gave it your own spin. I'm not just going to read Stromy's no. text, please. No, no, not at all. If he wants to do that, he can come on the show. <coughs> he knows where to find us. That, uh, that episode's actually being rerun Sunday at 9 a.m., so cool. check that out. Uh, Iron Man anime is also going to be on tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's a, it's, it's going to be a great night for uh, Marvel TV. You can watch X-Men anime at 11 and then go right into Iron Man anime at 11.30. So that's a replay of uh, Iron Man anime, which, which aired earlier this year. Uh, we're going to be showing the episode At the Mercy of My Friends, where Tony and Chica are stranded without Tony's Iron Man armor. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that character's name right. Chica? Chica? Yes. Thank you, Have Stromy. Some. Um, but that's also going to be shown Sunday at 9.30 a.m., so you can do a little mini Marvel anime marathon. Iron Man Adventures is on Nicktoons, uh, 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. on Sunday, and then again at 8 p.m. to 9 p.m., as well as 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. on Monday. Uh, no information on the episode, but Iron Man... Armored Adventures. It just says Iron Man Adventures here. I'm assuming it's Iron Man Armored Adventures. I'm going to blame John D. M. Stromy on unless, this one. Unless they've changed the name of the show. No. Um, it's going to be on iTunes, <coughs> so check that out. No. Check your local listings. Check them. And now we're, uh, we're going to talk about the news for this week. Uh, a lot of cool stuff going on in the news. Um, first off, I want to start out with the sneak peeks we showed on Marvel.com. Uh, since last we spoke, uh, we debuted sneak peeks for Secret Avengers number 20. For the Mighty Thor number nine, for Avengers Academy number twenty-four, and also for Uncanny X-Men number three. Uh, new videos debuts last week, uh, but they're still up now. We showed a new episode of Marvel Superheroes What the, uh, which I work on. Uh, this is the first of a four-part series that we worked in conjunction with Toyota on. It's basically a road trip featuring the Hulk, Doctor Strange, and the Punisher. So if you've ever wondered what that's like, uh, you're probably a very interesting person. Terrific, terrific stuff. Yeah. Good work on that, uh, Ben, and everybody else who works on it. Yeah, and we also uh, <coughs> basically put up a trailer for The History of the Fantastic Four with Tom Brevoort. Very cool project I've been working on with uh, Rich Herrera and some of the other guys from Marvel.com Video. Basically, we sat down with Tom Brevoort for, uh, over the course of three days for several hours and asked him everything about the Fantastic Four. Tom's been the editor for about a decade, but he's also been a fan for about 40 years, um, maybe not 40 years, 30. I should probably say like 20 in case he's listening. Um, he's been a long-time fan, so he touched on everything, and you can get kind of a sneak peek at what to expect this later this month where we'll be airing that series, but you can see the first look at History of the Fantastic Four. Uh, we introduced our last two Masters of Evil who will be showing up in Secret Avengers, uh, and they are Vengeance. Uh, the Ghost Rider character Vengeance, as well as Max Fury, Nick Fury's LMD gone horribly wrong. If you are reading Secret Avengers, which is available now on the app, uh, you can find out about Max. Yeah. I think is Max, Max Fury's on those uh, yep. those issues. Yes, those first five issues. Uh, I think you, I think you get the origin of Max Fury. Yep. Um, but those are not the only <laughs> Masters of Evil who will be showing up in Secret Avengers when Rick Remender takes over. But it's a start and kind of get a cool look at the art that Patrick Zercher is doing for the point one issue. Speaking of Secret Avengers. Yesterday, we kicked off another. We're going to be doing a lot of Secret Avengers promotion on Marvel.com because we're very excited about it and because Rick Remender is awesome. We love so Rick cool Remender. Stuff. He has great taste in music, but he's also a, an amazing writer. Yes. And everything he's done for Marvel has been terrific. Absolutely. And something we've started with him is we're doing something called Secret Avengers Spotlight. Um, it began yesterday with Hawkeye. It continued today with Beast. But basically, it's looking at each member of his Secret Avengers team 
talking to him about them, showing some digital comics that are relevant to him. But we're going to give you, you know, kind of a preview of what's coming up in Secret Avengers character by character. He has something interesting to say about every single one of these characters. Um, coming up, we'll have Black Widow, Captain Britain, the Human Torch, Venom, and all the other characters you're going to make up Rick's Secret Avengers team. So that's something to look forward to. Last week on the show, we talked about Marvel Selects Avengers Hulk and Hawkeye toys. You can get more, or not toys, statues. The statues are the toys. The Marvel Select, they yeah. are action figures. Action figures, not dolls. Uh, <coughs> you can learn more about that on Marvel.com. Um, we did a psych ward with the Scarlet Spider, Kane. Um, check that out. We previewed X-Men anime episode number, episode number seven, which as we said is coming up this week, but you can still catch the preview uh, if you want to get ready for that. Uh, we spoke to Brian Wood, who is coming back to Marvel to write Wolverine the X-Men, Alpha and Omega, uh, we debuted some art from that and also spoke with Brian about what's what's in store for that series. Um, and a programming note, tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, we're going to be doing a live blog with Brian and Janine Schaefer, who edits that book. So if you want to learn more about Wolverine, the X-Men, Alpha, and Omega, make sure to go to marvel.com and sign up for our live blog. Or just catch the replay of it if you're listening to this after, yes. on the weekend or yeah, something. It'll still be available. Um, Strani shared the five coolest moments from <laughs> Iron Man Extremis to get ready for another Marvel Knights animation release. And um, yesterday we actually showed, I thought this was pretty cool, from Avengers number 18, which is on sale now, uh, we showed some pencil and ink and color work from Daniel Acuna, the artist on that, to basically show his process. Um, then the big news for today, which I'm going to let Agent M tell you about, is that the Marvel Comics app version 3.0 is now live. Yep, you can download it. So there you go. In-depth analysis from Agent M. That's on. Uh, that's the iOS version. The Android version is slightly different, but that's 3.0. It's uh, it's new functionality, a new sort of new reader, um, new organization. It's bigger, better, better, awesomer. Um, the digital team who works on that, Kareen Brown and some other folks, they are doing a kick-ass job with uh, with elevating the app every time they update it. So um, I actually heard from some people who were downloading it this morning and they lo- they really liked the changes and the updates. So I um, hope you guys have it. Uh, if you're an Android user, the the, <coughs> the Android version of the Marvel app is also terrific and that'll continue to get its own updates separately. Um, I think now we're gonna go into this week in Marvel questions that we've gotten for some fans. As always, we ask you guys to tweet us um, either at Marvel, at me, agent underscore M, or at Ben J. Morse, or even just without any of us attached to it, make sure you hashtag the question with hashtag this week in Marvel, one word. We have a search. We, we just check out all the questions, and we'll address them every episode. So the first question we got in, actually, we got two questions from Argyle Kyle and Epoch252. Want us to know uh, about Generation X Collected Editions. Um I think the one question addressed whether there were any Generation X collected editions. The other one said, will there be Volume 2? So that answers the first one. There is a Volume 1. Generation um, X Classic, Volume 1. It came out a couple months ago. It's actually, I just put that on my Mm to-read shelf because um, I haven't read that in a long time. And it's terrific. It's got Chris Bacallo art. Mm -hmm. Scott Lobdell's story. Scott Lobdell wrote Um, it. And um, I'm looking forward to, for me, more than anything, seeing... Pachalo's art is yeah. just a treat, and I just wanted to see how he laid out the pages and what he does with the Boris. I remember him doing a lot of really cool stuff around the page yeah. in those early issues, so I'm I'm looking forward yeah. to that. As for Volume 2, we don't know. No official plans, but I mean, with these uh, classic volumes, our collected editions uh, department has been very good about kind of getting a lot of cool 90s stuff out lately, yeah. um, which is now classic. It's kind of sad. It's it's cool, but it's sad in the way that you used to listen to like a classic rock station. It was all old stuff, and then one day they started playing the stuff from when you were as a kid. Yep. But but enough on 90s that. 90s nostalgia is yeah. huge right now. Yeah, 90s nostalgia is huge. So, you know, presumably uh, if the sales did well, there will be a volume two. I would imagine there will be a volume two. Can't say officially, but yeah. I, would, I would be surprised if there was not. You know, we're, we're doing a lot of those from Ghost Rider Danny Catch to New Warriors. Yeah. All those kind of seminal 90s books are coming out in the classics editions now. So I think there will be a Generation X classic volume two sometime in the near future. Word. Uh, next question from Mike Billiter. Who, love Mike uh, Billiter. We love Mike Billiter. Uh, <coughs> his question is to us, could we, if we could replace Harry Go with one Marvel superhero, who would we replace him with? Um, that calls back to Harry Go. My associate producer is leaving. He's going to get a 
He's quitting. He's yeah. got a job somewhere else, so don't he's quitting leave. here. Don't say leaving. Yeah, he's, he's not. Quitting. He's not leaving. He's quitting because he's a quitter who quits. Mm-hmm. Um, he's quitting for another job, but um, we're gonna fill his position. I'm reviewing resumes for the next, who knows how long. Um, but if we could replace Harry with one person, I. Uh, well, I mean, I, I would go with a practical answer. I mean, yeah. as much as it would be tempting to be like, you know, let's work with Nova or, you know, Modoc <laughs> or something like that. I don't think Nova, you know, Nova's a, I don't think he even graduated college, so he wouldn't be qualified to do what Harry does. Not the brightest bulb. Um, yeah, I mean, you saw, he, he left the Avengers. Left the, the Avengers. That have... smoked. But uh, you know who I would replace him with? I would replace him with Forge from the X-Men. Ooh. Because we work on a website, and all our stuff is breaking constantly, and, you know, a lot of times we, we don't get stuff done. Forge's mutant power is that he can build or fix things, so why would I not want him working here, particularly uh, as the new Harry Go? Nice. So, yeah, I don't even I don't even like Forge that much. <laughs> um, but, you know, just being purely analytical, he would he would be a great fit. Forge would be great. I'd go with Cypher. Oh, who's, yeah. You know. Um, translates he, any language. Translates anything, can figure out pretty much anything and get us to where we need to go and yeah. push us into the future. Yeah, and, you know, either of those guys would be... You know, better it's hard to replace harry but as long as they can eat chinese food without breaking into a horrific sweat they've oh, already man. got they've already got one up on harry poor Gale. harry he sweats like crazy anytime he eats something spicy yeah it's terrible and we usually go out for chinese frequently as as, as a family uh and if harry gets anything above like you know plain noodles <laughs> he just there's just a there's just a flood tide on his forehead we're gonna miss you harry um Marvelicious Toy tweeted that um, wants to see series three through five Squinkies are available internationally. Um, <coughs> we so the Squinkies are these little rubber toys. They're super deformed, sort of chibi style Marvel superheroes, supervillains. Um, they are absolutely terrific. We have a story on Marvel.com that shows all the Squinkies that are out there. Uh, the series that are upcoming are sort of in the pipeline. Toys like these don't have as firm release dates as, say, as comics or, or movies or whatever, and not even so much as sort of the Diamond Select toys and the Hasbro toys that we see. So they're a little bit more fluid. Um, <coughs> I know I talked to some Squinkies people a couple weeks ago, and they said that they are upcoming. I would look for early 2012 to see these, these series hit, um, but if you want to see pictures of all these guys, go to marvel.com. And go to the toys news section, and you can see um, our gigantic gallery of squinkies. I have like fifteen of these on my desk, and um, Harry has dismembered yeah. um, fifteen or so of his own. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why we're making him really, play. really gonna miss him. Yeah, uh, Rush ten thirty one. So wants to know what's next for Daredevil. Love Wade's take. Well, Rush ten thirty one. Uh... If you're loving Wade's sake, you're in luck because there's some cool stuff coming up in Daredevil. As we talked about earlier, Paulo Rivera returns to the book on art with the next issue, uh, number seven, for a standalone story, uh, which is going to be Matt Murdock basically trying to save a bunch of kids. Uh, they've, they've been in an accident and what happens there. But after that, what's next is that Daredevil is going to be running into Spider-Man. Uh, not just in Daredevil, but in Amazing Spider-Man. The two books are going to be crossing over in January. Um, can't say a lot about what's going on with the plot, but I can tell you the Black Cat plays a major role. Um, so it's basically be it's been referred to in in the ads as sort of a love triangle. Dun, dun, interesting, dun. because certainly Daredevil has no romantic history with the Black Cat, but that's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna say this: if anyone can romance anyone, Daredevil can romance. Oh, absolutely, anyone, absolutely, and, sh- and she'll be dead within months. Uh-huh. Um, oh God, yes. You know, Matt Murdock gets all the ladies, but they don't. They don't. They don't usually come so out well. of it better than they came in. I mean, God bless Black Widow for yeah. still being functional. But uh, we're also going to have some big news on Daredevil coming up in the next couple weeks. Uh, what's going on beyond January? Uh, yeah. This this new status quo of his, where he has this uh, key piece of technology in his possession, is going to make him a target for a lot of people. And I can tell you that Spider Man is not the last Marvel character he will be running into in the near future. Yeah. So hang on to that one. Very cool. Uh, Big Steve Too Dope said, uh, today is his birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Big Steve, Steve Too Dope. Um, can we give a brief summary on Fear Itself? <laughs> sure. I mean, Fear Itself is only like seven months long, 
20,000 parts. I can give a brief summary. No, I, the gist of Fear Itself was the serpent who was Odin's brother. Uh, he was the former all-father of Asgard, and he's the god of fear. Um, had been exiled for years, was brought back by Sin, the daughter of the Red Skull, uh, who was looking for a source of power. She resurrected the serpent, who um, in turn brought back to Earth a bunch of hammers similar to Thor's um, that empowered different figures like Sin, the Hulk, the Thing, Absorbing Man, Titania, Grey Gargoyle, and basically made them his a juggernaut. Uh, basically made them his worthy, his his henchmen, and his whole goal was to wreak havoc across the Marvel Universe, across Earth, and basically cause enough fear and distress that he would be able to rebuild his version of Asgard on Earth. He'd be able to become the All-Father again. Um, the Avengers had to stop him, as they always do. They had a lot of trouble with it. Uh, they did not win the early skirmishes. Things were not looking good. Captain America... Bucky Barnes uh, seemingly died. Um, Iron Man had to sacrifice his sobriety to get Odin to make his new weapons. He didn't have to. He had to sacrifice something. He <laughs> deemed that his sobriety was what sacrificed. He's just weak. <laughs> this this is your opinion. You don't have to speak for Marvel Comics. No, no, no. no. Um, a lot of horrible stuff was going yeah. on. Grey Gargoyle basically destroyed Paris in a gruesome fashion. Juggernaut rampaged across the country. Titanium Absorbing Man were destroying things all over the place. The Hulk was fighting vampires. Thing As he was, is wont to do. Yes, the Thing was raging through New York. There was a big Hulk versus Thing versus Thor battle. Um, Steve Rogers became Captain America again. And basically, you know, about 8,000 other things that led to Thor um, bargaining with Odin to get this mystical armor. Iron Man bringing back a bunch of mystical Asgardian weapons for the Avengers. Big final battle with the Worthy, with the Serpent. Uh, Thor ended up taking the Serpent out, but sacrificing his own life in the process. Um, and the Avengers from there moved forward, and there were some epilogue issues that explained what happened to Bucky Barnes. He's not dead. Uh, what happened to Thor? Um, he is not on Earth at the moment and has been replaced uh, in people's memories by a new character named Tannerus. Dun, dun, dun. Um, Steve Rogers back to being Captain America, Iron Man dealing with what he did there. But basically, you know, Fear Itself was a huge adventure about this god of fear trying to overcome the Marvel Universe with fear, how the heroes fought back, how the ordinary people fought back, the sacrifices that were made, and what it takes to beat back fear. Uh, it's still having ramifications in all the Shattered Heroes books right now, in particularly in Fear Itself, The Fearless, uh, which is a very cool limited series written by Colin Bunn with art by Mark Bagley and Paul Pelletier which follows Valkyrie as she tracks down the missing hammers of the serpent and you know the stuff from Vera itself is going to have ramifications from some time to come pretty good nice summary Ben <laughs> wasn't exactly brief it was but, not you know. brief there's no way to do that briefly yeah uh, big monsters old Asgardian bad guy Avengers fight done I guess you're right I yeah. did that alright so that was the brief version so yep. just fast forward to that um uh before we get to the last two questions, a shout out to Ms. Marvel Girl, who seemingly oh. live tweets uh, her listening to the uh, This Week in Marvel. So Ms. Marvel Girl is our favorite fan. If you follow This Week in Marvel hashtag on Twitter, uh, she has some really funny responses to all this stuff. You should um, be following her. Yeah, follow her. Listening She's to this, great. Follow, follow Ms. Marvel Girl. Um, so the final two questions come from Argyle Kyle. First one, he wants to know if, uh, do we read any of the competitions books? Um, I'm not really sure what you're talking about. There's competitions books. Um, I guess we'll figure that out in the future. Uh, the second question is, uh, will the Nook Color or tablet or other devices have Marvel Digital single issues or any collected editions? Well, the Nook Color, which I, the Nook tablet, which I have at my desk. I you, was playing around with the, uh, the company one that we have here. Um, it does not currently have single issues. It has collected editions only, digital collected editions. Um, you can get that through, uh, you know, the Nook, the, their bookstore. But um, if you have the Kindle Fire um, or any Android tablet, any sort of vanilla Android tablet, tablet, you can get the, uh, the the you can get Marvel single issues on the Fire. You can get it through the Comixology app on Android tablets. You can get it through uh, the Android Market. You can get the Marvel app or the Comixology app. Um, 
things could always change. You never know. We're, we're always working on deals and developments and working with our partners and all kinds of cool stuff. So there are many ways to read Marvel Digital Comics, and we're only going to expand that stuff. So hopefully whatever device you, you guys choose, um, you're going to figure that out, and you'll, you'll get your comic fix somehow, some way. Uh, I think that's about it for This Week in Marvel, Episode 5. Thank you, guys. Uh, <coughs> sorry thank for you, all the comments. Thank you for hanging in there. Oh, man. Um, Trooper. If, for links to everything we talked about this week, just hit visitmarvel.com. There's a, we'll have our news story with all links to the pertinent info. And uh, download us on iTunes. Um, if you want to see the podcast somewhere else, just let us know. We'll try and get it out there. Um, and make sure to hit us up with questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, opinions, uh, whether you're listening, you like it, whatnot, and um, use the this week, this week in Marvel hashtag, and we'll check them out. Thank you, guys. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next week for This Week in Marvel. Oh, next week. Big, what? big oh, week. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, ne- yeah, next week is going to be big. Yeah, yeah, stuff going on next week. Um, all right, I shouldn't say anything more. See you, guys. Just, just, just keep your eyes open. <laughs>